Man, we are in a series called Gospel Deep, His Glory Experienced. His Glory Experienced, and we are walking through Romans chapter 8. Today is, um, well, today's a tough one. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 30, and we're talking about suffering. Oh, good, I love to suffer. Good deal. Let's get right into that. And uh, I'm just telling you that God has been preparing uh, this body He's been preparing me for this week as we've been walking through coming up to this passage. We have more things go on this week than maybe any time that I can remember in the near past, uh, all in one week. And and, uh, our God has his hand on things. Amen. So um, I'm going to get pretty passionate today. I don't know how that's different, but I'm going to get passionate today. (laughs) And uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about this. My God is here in the midst of our sufferings and we need to have his perspective on things. The end. Lord, what is your perspective in the midst of this hurting world and how do we go about it? All right. So turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter eight, verses 18 to 30. And uh, we got ushers coming forward with Bibles in their hands. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. Just keep your hand raised. They'll get one to you. Romans eight, 18 through 30. And uh, so our first point, our first step, uh, hope. Keep today's sufferings in perspective with tomorrow's perfection. Keep today's sufferings in perspective with tomorrow's perfection, hope. All right, here we go. Starts in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing. They're not worth comparing with the glory That is to be revealed to us for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing. He's connecting this back to the prior. How do we get into suffering? Remember, he said just before this verse 17, he's like, hey, just so you know, all this awesome stuff we have with the spirit. And then verse 17, and if children Well, then heirs and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him. How do we do that? That's what this is all about now. All right. Hope. So for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, well, they're not worth comparing. If you look at the original language, that wording means it doesn't measure up. When you weigh them on a balance, it loses. There is so much more awesomeness. In the glory to come, that the sufferings, well, man, they're not even worth comparing and talking about. Not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. There will be perfection, there will be a joy, there will be an eternal um, satisfaction. Man, we let those words just roll off of us way too easy, don't we? At some point in time, never, ever, ever, ever... Again, no pain, no sorrow, no tears. Perfection as God has done his work in us. Glory to be revealed. I'm telling you, whatever we're going through today, and some of it is big, doesn't even begin to compare with that. That's where we're at. And now, well, what's it look like, Tim? Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Let me just read these words to you. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Here we go. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And all of God's people said, you know it, man. This is hope. This is what we're looking for. And uh, not worth comparing to the glory. Uh, Let's put it this way. If you were to put the balances together, it's like a grain of sand on one side and Mount Everest loaded up on the other side. The difference 
is so massive. And uh, may we constantly keep in mind what God's doing and where we're headed. Notice it says, um, with the glory that is to be revealed to us, we as believers, we as a family get to share in this, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. The creation waits, like the rocks and the trees and the skies and the, yeah, the creation. He's doing what we would call in literary terms, this is now a personification. He's giving all of creation this thinking, stating position. And they're like, I can't wait for that to come along. And notice it says, they were subjected, not willingly. They didn't vote themselves in. Hey, destroy us. That would be awesome. That, that's not what happened. And so where did all of creation tank? Well, the scripture is pretty clear that God the Father did that. And uh, why did he do it? Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. And uh, here we go. Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, God speaking to Adam now and the sin that took place. Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground around because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles that shall bring forth for you and you shall eat of the plants in the fields. Cursed is the ground because of Adam, because of his sin. You see, what's going on is original creation was perfect, glorious, and awesome, and absolutely satisfying. And yet, Adam and Eve chose to take the step away and make it all about themselves and explore down a path of knowledge. Oh, they got knowledge. Just so you know, that wasn't a lie. The tree of knowledge, they learned a ton. It's just the stuff they didn't need to know. And it ended up crashing on them. And so the knowledge that they went after and the knowledge that they took, well, it cost them dearly. And the punishment that came out wasn't just meted upon Adam or Adam and Eve, but upon Adam and Eve and all of creation subjected unwillingly, it says. It was God pressing down on and everyone now All of creation groaning and longing and waiting eagerly for the restoring of absolute perfection. Our God is a restoring God. Not in some little sense. In everything perfect and glorious for his name. That's what we're talking about. It says, for the creation was subjected to futility. That's the environment we're in right now. Some of you are tasting of that. And knowing that very well. And the pain that this world can bring at times and the struggle, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. But here's the catch. In hope. Huh? What? Like I was all with that front part with this whole place stinks, man. I'm with that plan. But what's the in hope thing? And check out what it says. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption, set free. And let me just say this. Let's make sure we grasp this very clearly. For those who are wrestling with scripture and science and trying to put the two together, please be clear on this. There was not first a corrupted world with death and struggle and pain that moved along and somehow in the midst of it, it evolved to release higher level beings like man. Instead, it was the opposite, created in absolute perfection and man making a decision corrupted the whole doggone thing. You have a real problem if you start by saying it was broken, corrupt and evolving along to get better. Very real problem. Starts in perfection, God's word, that's what he said, very good, unwound because of our choice. I'm telling you, you will begin to grasp evil in a whole new way when you recognize We're the culprit. Big deal, okay? So, I'll leave it on that. Let me just say, we have creation groaning, creation struggling. It says, we'll be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. There will be a freedom that is released. And 
And uh, I, I love that word. That word has become a huge word in the English language, right? Freedom. Everybody's big on their own freedoms and their own rights and privileges. And, and, I, and I get that. Part of that is absolutely biblical and right as, as we talk through how God has built you and designed you to be able to express things. And praise be to God for that. I love this country and the freedom that is here. And, you know, freedom's been a big deal for a long time, right? And, and uh, that word freedom got cried out in a movie a couple years back, a Mel Gibson movie, right? You know what I'm talking about? He's like, freedom, right? And, and it's everything. I'm telling you, it'll change your perspective to recognize that's where you're headed. We're headed for freedom, right? It's kind of fun to say. Go ahead and say it with me. Ready? Here we go. Where are we headed? Freedom. And that wasn't nearly Scottish enough. I'm just telling you. Where are we headed? Freedom. That's where we're headed, man. This world is being taken from corrupt to healed freedom from the corruption. That's where we're going. And uh, praise be to God that he's got a plan. Praise be to God that he's working in it. We have hope that he's doing that work in us as the children of God and then the creation around us. It says, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Wow, powerful metaphor. Groaning in the pains of childbirth. And... and um, why use that metaphor? Well, because the pains are real. The pains are rich. The pains hurt deeply and the struggle is mighty. But at the end, there's something awesome that we have. And uh, that's why. And I, I think back to when um, we were having our second daughter born and we were in the hospital. And um, Jana was on kind of a fast pace. Our kids were born early, five to six weeks early. And Alyssa came in like 45 minutes and... So the pains were short, quick, and violent. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so I was out in the hallway walking around for just a moment of time. It was one of those full moon times. You know what I mean? Hey, man, there's something to full moons. I'm not trying to make any preach on that. That's just my view. But I'm telling you, a lot of women had a lot of babies all at one time. And, and so we're out there in the full moon moment, and I'm walking the hallway, and I start hearing a little bit of more groaning going on in the rooms, and I'm like, I better get back to Jana. And I went back in and sat down, and I was watching a little TV, and all of a sudden, she's starting to feel it way more intensely. And the nurse comes in and checks, and like, we're on. It's game time. And I had to turn off Happy Gilmore. <laughs> it's the TV version. We were watching Happy Gilmore, and I'm eating her food because she couldn't eat now. It was very unfair to her, very... The pains of childbirth in so many ways. And, and so we start the process and she's in the middle of some of these blood curdling screams where you're, as the guy, you're like, you can do it, baby. I'm so glad I'm not a girl. <laughs> this is horrible, right? And the blood curdling screams. My dad had been sent home to get a video camera because we were going to take some pictures of Alyssa after she was born. And so my dad's coming back in and she had calmed. She had had one of those moments and had the scream and everything. And he starts to open the door and he's coming in. And all of a sudden, a contraction hits again. Do you remember this? Contraction hits again. And she's like, ah! And, and you see a hand just reach in, set the video camera down. <laughs> close the door. Go back in the hallway. think we're good now. Right? Pains of childbirth. And we have a beautiful daughter, Alyssa, from that. And, and uh, love what comes through it. And uh, we love what God does in our family and what he's doing through Alyssa. Uh, that didn't mean there wasn't pain. And uh, hope. Hope. There's times of hurt. There's times of struggle. But on the backside, there will be freedom from this corrupt world. And uh, it says, and not only the creation... But we ourselves are also groaning, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons. We groan inwardly. And many of you know what I'm talking about when I say this, groaning inwardly. As you're in the middle of some struggle this week, as you're wrestling with the pain, and you're not even sure what to do as you look towards God and all you can do is moan. Lord. God. Ah! This is killing us. And we 
have so many in this body right here this week that are tasting that. Groaning inwardly with the pain and the struggle of this world. It says, we who have the first fruits of the spirit, him at work in us, praise be to God. He doesn't leave us alone. He is working in us and through us us groaning inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. Note this, here the adoption is spoken of as something we're waiting for, the future element of it. We just looked at it back a few verses in verse 16 in there, that the adoption is in the present. Man, he brings us in, he calls us his sons and daughters, he begins to pour on us right then and there. We have the privilege in the moment of calling him daddy and father. And as you're struggling, you have someone to rush to where you can say, Father, right now, we are adopted as his sons in the present and he's working with us spiritually. But here's the beauty. And the adoption continues on to perfection, even in the physical, in the body. Look what it says, the redemption of our bodies. The adoption is both present and future. We get such a complete Joy in the adoption we have with him. And uh, yeah, our bodies, as broken as they are, will be restored to a glorified body. And what you're looking at as you look left and look right and look at me is not going to look like this. And I don't know what it's going to look like. But perfect? Wow. And um, amazing what God's going to do as he redeems these corrupt and broken bodies. As they're aging And decaying from the moment we're given them. And God's going to do an amazing work through them. Where for an eternity we worship and celebrate and work for him with our bodies. It says, for in this hope we were saved. Salvation is not just about an escape from something. Salvation is about an escape to someone. There is a freedom to be with him. There will be a perfection in him, a joy in him, a no tears in him. Praise be to God. Salvation has a hope for tomorrow. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. I love that statement. He's like, please, I hear the number one complaint. It's but I can't see God working here. I can't see what he's doing. I can't see tomorrow. I can't. And he's like, look, if you can see it, what kind of hope is that? I'm telling you, you're hoping, meaning you're placing your confidence in him. So let's define the word hope. Hope. It means an absolute constant, a total trusting in what's coming. It's a future confidence. Like we use the word hope and we're like, yeah, I hope so. That is not what the word meant originally here. It doesn't have a sense of maybe, maybe not. It does not have that sense. It has this sense absolutely trusted as good as done hope that's where we're at as we place our confidence in him and all that he is doing in the future that will be a restoration of what we have today and the brokenness gone for who hopes for what he sees but if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it with patience hope it's mentioned six times in just a couple of verses here Five times just in two verses. Hope. It's a big deal. And notice the end of hope, proper hope, true, confident, trusting hope is patience. See that at the end there? It says we wait for it with patience. Impatience comes the moment we set aside the hope and we begin to take control ourselves. I'm no longer trusting God. I don't see him having this one. And I'm telling you, you don't know the pain I'm experiencing right now. And because of it, I take my eyes off the author and perfecter. No more fixing on Jesus. I fix it on the thing right in front of me and I will do the work. And our hope wanes and our patience falls and our ability to stand in the moment wobbles. Hope. It is about your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ with an absolute trust that he is doing an amazing work that will end in perfection. That's where we're sitting. And God, right now, this broken world, it hurts. 
I'm ready to see you doing amazing work. Let me just say this. This week has been brutal in this body. Man, we have had a devastation amongst a number of marriages right now. Please be praying for marriages in this body. Hey, when you pray, when you preach on Romans 1 through 7 and let's get real on sin and holiness, uh, this body will not be avoided from being hit. And we're being pressed on right now. Hope. Hang in there. Man, you have a spouse right now and they may be ticking you off completely. Please hear me. God's doing an amazing work in both you and them. Praise God for that and hang in there. Hope. We have a number of marriages that have gone way beyond just hurting with each other or being mad at each other. And it's time for us to lay it down. And it's not just our marriages hurting. We've had a couple of uh, staff family kids in the hospital this week in the ER. We've got one of our admins whose husband is in ICU with a heart thing going probably, I don't know how many pounds of weight loss, 40, 50, 60 pounds of weight loss. Lee is not doing well right now. Pray for that, that God's hand would move. This world is hard. And there are hurts that can take us by storm. Hang in there. We can walk through this together as we look to our almighty king. He's got his hand on this place. Trust in him with all you've got. We have a funeral coming up on Tuesday for a mom who's 11 month old, passed away this last week, suddenly. And um, there is suffering and there is pain. And we will not make light of it and we will not, not speak some ridiculous Christian ease at it and try to walk past. Man, it hurts! What do I do then? Hope. Your God's hand is on this. Hang on. Look to Him with everything you've got. Hope. Your God's doing an amazing work in this world. We're even promised a perfection that will continue hope. Simple question. Are you focusing on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of your good faith? Are you letting him have his way with you, with your family, with the struggles you have going on? Or have your eyes gotten locked down on the problem and you're taking over? Please be careful. It'll be an unwinding. And it's time for us to hand it to our Savior and trust with all we've got. Trust. Are you trusting Him? What's your problem or your struggle? For a lot of us, it takes four seconds to come up with that. Now hand it to him. Hold those hands open and trust in him to do an amazing work both here and for all of eternity. Praise be to God. Amen? Hope. All right. Step two in the midst of struggle. That's it? That's all you got for me, Tim? Hope? Just hang on? No. Second one, help. Help. The Spirit is always interceding on our behalf. Help. Man, you are not just asked to hang on and keep some positive thought. It's so much more than that. The Holy Spirit pouring in with you. Help. All right? He says, likewise. In other words, okay, that's your thing. You've got the hope thing. 
Likewise, the Spirit, okay, He's coming into play now. Here we go. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not even know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Praise be to God. Man, yes, we are called to hope and hang on trust in Him, but know this, God's at work. Help. The Holy Spirit is absolutely there. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us. Please be careful here. If you trust in Christ as your Savior, if you grasp His work on the cross, if you're making Him your King, that's who we're talking to now. Man, walking through this world without Christ in charge is devastating. And these things are not even true for us. You turn to him and you trust in him as savior. And this is what's coming. He says, likewise, the spirit, thank God for the Holy Spirit and his residence that he takes up within us. He helps us in our weakness. What weakness? You know, the sin we struggle with, the mistakes we make, the junk we have, the wrong thinking we go down, the not getting it, the veil covering me, the I can't even see my own problem. Weakness. As we wrestle in this world with a very finite understanding, may we rush to the one who is infinite and trust in him. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Have you ever been in that mode? I don't even have words, God. I don't even know what you're doing, God. Should I be praying for healing? Should I be praying for some kind of stamina that I don't want to have? God, what should I be praying for? In our weakness, the Spirit there with us. Notice what it says he does. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Holy Spirit steps into place and him knowing every little facet and aspect of your soul, of your weakness, of the needs, of what needs to come and him interceding. Please note, who's doing the interceding? The Holy Spirit. And don't lose sight of this verse. Too many people turn this into a somehow I need to be groaning and listen to me. There is nothing wrong when when you have a lack of words to have nothing but this statement before God. <laughs> ah! I, I, Lord! Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with your groaning before him. But please hear me. This says so much more than you just groan. This says your spirit, the Holy Spirit, groaning for you. Are you getting that? Praying for you. Interceding for you. Him and the Father in one. And get this, the union between God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, absolutely perfect. And the prayer going on, not God the Father going, I never knew that. Thank you for telling me that. It's not an informational prayer. This is a communion between God the Father and God the Spirit as they do a mighty work in you. That's what's taking place. I'm telling you, the Spirit at work. How many times have we said the glory of the Holy Spirit is what transforms me? Bro, He knows what you need and He's praying for it. You getting that? Huge. With groanings too deep for words. When we struggle to even know what to say or where to go or what God's doing. The Holy Spirit knows. Get this. John 15 says that if we abide with him, ask whatever you will and it will be given to you, right? Question, how much does the Holy Spirit abide with God the Father? 100% abiding. Every single thing he asks, the answer is yes! 
absolute union between God the Father and God the Spirit, and he knows of what he prays. And there is such a union and communion and a working going on. You are being healed by the Spirit, even when you don't get what's going on. He's doing an amazing work in you. Praise be to God. With groanings too deep for words. It says, and he who searches hearts, that's God the Father, knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Absolute union. There is no defiance. There is no otherness. He absolutely gets it. He's on board with it and he's praying through just as the Father's will is moving. So the Spirit is moving and he's taking up your cause on your behalf. You are not struggling through this alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Praise be to God. What in the world does he pray for? Obviously, I don't know what he's praying for because I didn't know it. That's why he's praying for it, right? So what's he praying for? I just wrote these down. Three things he might be praying A clarity to God's will being made in our life. Lord, Father, when are we revealing this and and the excitement between it? And, And if you notice, there's not this casualness or this cluelessness, but there's this agreement and this unity and the working together. It's much like sitting down to talk over dinner and you're talking about things you already know and you've already talked about and you're just in agreement and everything you say, you're like, so yes, yes, exactly. Back and forth with each other. That's what's going on. And the will of the father and the clarity of the revealing of that going on. uh, Number two, uh, and yet a crying out for your weakness and your broken worship. This is so what's needed here. As the father is called out to in that. And then number three, and what aspect of the Holy Spirit's glory is needed to be transforming us in that moment. It's the father's will. It's The weaknesses in us, it's the glory of the spirit that we need to taste of. It's the whole of what's needed to address the problem and the fix. And get this, it's not because the spirit knows more or the father knows less or they both completely informed. It's just this union together as they work with you. And that's the topic at hand. You, God's will, your healing and his glory. That's what's at hand. Praise be to God. And uh, Wow. Amazing privilege we have on that and how easy it is for us to get distracted away from it. I, all right, let's just lighten it up a little bit for a second here. Every once in a while we need a, breath, a breather, right? Light right up here. So a couple of weeks back, we, uh, we had a tragedy ensue in our house. Uh, the internet went down. It's hard. And uh, my daughter actually had a a paper due the next day. So it was kind of crisis mode. She had like four to six hours of work on the internet. I had to do some things for work on the internet. And uh, we had some college kids over and they were uh, playing some music. They needed the internet. It was tough, man. And so we're wrestling through trying to figure out what to do and the internet's down. And I'm like, ah, we'll give it a little bit. Let's eat dinner and let's just wait on it. You know how you do with problems when you first have them. Like, ah, it'll get better. And we walked away from it. So we had dinner and it didn't get better came back afterwards and it's still out. And so I'm checking a few things and, and it's not going anywhere. So I call up our provider and I said, hey, we have a, an outage. Is it possible that something got cut somewhere? Blah, blah, blah. Nope, that's not happening. Uh, it appears to be a problem in your house. <laughs> oh, good. That's reassuring. How long will this take to fix? Meanwhile, I'm like, get her to go to the library. She needs to work over there. It looks like it's going to be a problem, right? And so we're trying to figure some things out. I'm talking to him. Now I start talking a whole nother language than what really my daughters or my wife could start talking. And I'm tapping back into engineering world. It was a fun time for a moment as we're talking IP addresses and DHCP and what's wrong with my router. And are you sure it's not you up at the head end? And how do you know? And can you please prove that again? And, and we're disconnecting and reconnecting. And, and we get done with this language talk of, and I'm like, mm. Looks like my router's out. So I'm going to the store. So I go to the store and now we're talking language there, usages and, and bandwidths and how many things we're going to have loaded onto it. And I, all right, and we'll take that. And I bought one that's 
twice the bandwidth. Yeah, baby. So we bring that bad boy home and plug it in and the thing just lights right up. And uh, we're ready to rock. I check it. Good to go. Things are just flying. I come back to my daughter and I said, all right, here's the deal. Just come to this window, type in this password, press enter. There you go. Now we're running and everything is rocking. And isn't that exactly how the Holy Spirit is working with us? Like we're like, I got a problem. All right, that's all I got. And then the Spirit goes in with a language and an understanding and a communication we could never have. Even going to the point of getting rid of the broken and bringing in the new and getting it all set up. And then he comes back and he speaks that simple language, whatever our vocabulary is, to make it clear a little bit of what he's doing and where he's taking us. And we're like, oh, okay, I'll do that. There. And somehow the the irony of it is in the midst of it, we're like, I did that. What in the world? You typed a password into the box, man. I went to Walmart, right? And... How much more do you think the Holy Spirit's like, I've got it. Just relax in me. Trust me. I've got the vocabulary. I've got the understanding. I've got the ability. I've got you in hand. And we're going to walk through this together. I'm going to take you right to where you need to be. Here we go. You fix your eyes on Jesus Christ and come along for the ride. I'm telling you. While there may be tears in your eyes, look through the shimmering tears. Trust in me. We are going to do an amazing work. Help from the Holy Spirit. That's what we have every day of our lives as we walk through this world. And all of God's people said, Amen. We have hope. We have help. Um, Simple question. Man, he has you. Do you get that? Do you understand how much the Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf, storming the throne of grace, communing with the Father, and transforming you even when you don't have understanding? God at work in you. Lean on him. Trust in him. Here's a word for you. Cooperate with him. And let him do an amazing work in you. All right? Hope, help, and third, purpose. There is purpose in the suffering. Purpose. All things are used for his glory and for our growth. All things are used for his glory and for our growth. It starts out in verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, everybody say that's saved. That's what he's talking about. For those who love God, that's saved. And we know for those that are saved, all things work together for good. For those that are the called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. Okay, can we please say, this does not say all things are good. Everybody hearing me on that? Please look down at your paper if you need to see it. Look at your Bible. Don't just trust me. It does not say all things are good. All things... Work together for good. The end point is the good here. And pain may come and God uses that pain. That's how sovereign he is. In this broken world, as he may allow something to touch you, know this. The sovereign, almighty, healing, loving hand of God, allowing you to walk through something, is doing good. That's what's happening. All things work together for good to those that are the called according to his purpose. Praise be to God. Man, thank the Lord we are not struggling for nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? He is teaching. He is training. He is shaping. He is healing. Uh, Here's a question. Why do I have to suffer? Can we just say... Romans 1 through 7 and move on. Have we not gotten through this? The sin and the cost of sin, the brokenness in the world, and we take that on ourselves. That's the cost of living in this world that we broke. And in the midst of that, God is moving us through and teaching us a perfect worship of him and letting go of self. That's his plan. Let's stop shaking fists at him and walk with him and let him have his way with our soul. All right. All things work together for good 
to those who are called according to his purpose. What purpose is that? Here we go. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Purpose statement. I'm going to touch those two words in just a second. I'm skipping over them for a moment, but we'll touch this. Conformed to the image of his son. Purpose statement. Conformed to the image of his son. You looking like Jesus Christ. Conformed to the image of his son. That's the purpose for this broken world. That's why the struggles. He's teaching us to let go of me and the idols of this broken world and grab on to him that we might be perfected along the way one degree of glory at a time all the phrases we've used conformed to the image of his son that's where you're headed every moment you're in every struggle you're having conformed to the image of his son purpose statement now notice what it says right before it i skipped two words that are pretty big for those whom he foreknew he also predestined Uh, foreknew like knew before that's what it means Uh, but know this the word knew there is actually a word that's used in the bible we see it a lot it doesn't just mean have some informational fact it means to have a deep personal intimate knowledge of in fact it often gets referred to in the old testament when that word comes up it's referring to a physical intimacy a sexual intimacy a deep knowing of one another he foreknew he has a deep passionate personal knowledge of you from eternity past foreknew next one and he predestined that basically means he determined it beforehand Determined before the worlds began that you would be conformed to the image of his son. That's what's going on. Now, if you're not careful, you're going to want to take that word for new and you're going to do things. You're going to soften it up. You're going to lighten it. It's like, ah, he knew that I'd choose him. That's what he knew. And, And just so you know, that absolutely guts the next word then, predetermined. Then what's he determining? If you're the one that's living it and determining it, Be very careful. You have to make sure that you don't overload the word foreknew and then underload the word predestined. That's a massive deal. We're going to talk about that more when we get to Romans 9. And I'll just let it sit on that. Right now you're like, okay, moving on. Uh, It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers remember last week i said we get to call jesus brother that's my brother that's what it's saying here that we can be called his brothers and sisters and he's the firstborn among us praise be to god we are not equal to him he is firstborn he will be king of kings and lord of lords we serve under him and we serve in his kingdom that's what it means all right a family is being established It says, here we go. Now, this is called the golden chain, all right? Cannot be broken. Awesome perfection. Please notice this. All the verbs are God's work, not mine. You notice that? Watch this now. It says, and those whom he predestined, God's work, determining beforehand, he also called God's work. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified god's work god's work god's work god's work this is all about god's work in our life why is it so trustworthy please notice it doesn't say and some that he predestined he called Ooh, i hope i'm one of them that's not what it says right it says and those whom he foreknew he called all inclusive Everyone who he starts from the beginning and moves forward to the end, 100% guaranteed, satisfied, solid with him. God's work at hand. It says, and those whom he predestined, determined beforehand, he also called a drawing, a calling. If you want to say it this way, John 6, 44, uh, I'm not going to go there, but it basically says, and those the father draws come. This is a drawing that's happening from him. It's totally effective. And those whom he called, whom he drew, he justified. Remember, we talked about this word. He wipes away the sin and he declares them righteous. Legally, 
even though they aren't yet there. So now we're foreknown, we're predestined, we're called, finally justified as he says, this one is righteous. Okay, not yet, but I'm making him there. So he says, good as righteous. And now watch me do an amazing work in him. And that's where the last word comes in, glorified, as he now makes it true. Praise be to God. Notice this, glorified's in the past tense here, okay? So we have to be a little careful with it. It does mean that in some aspect and facet, it's going on already, but it also means there's this final glorification that's to take place, and it's as good as done, guaranteed. We have a work through our Father as he foreknows and predestines, as he calls, as he justifies, and as he glorifies. Praise be to God. God has you in hand. And I'm telling you this, this broken world, man, it is hard. God is at work. He has a purpose to conform you to his image. He is longing to bring you along a path. He will bring you to perfection and glory. He is helping the whole way. Just fix your eyes on him. Perspective and suffering. It'll change everything for you. My request is you understand that he is always going to be there for you. And absolutely has you in hand. Let's just bring it to him in prayer right now. A lot of us right now are wrestling and struggling. And a lot of us have some things going on. We're going to have the worship team coming up. Let's just go to prayer. Where you take just a moment or two. To hand over your suffering. And walk this through with him. Let's pray. Father God. Lord, we are in awe that in this broken world that we broke with our sin, you storm in, you rush to the cross, you have a plan, your spirit working with us, you interceding for us. Lord, we're in awe of what you do for us. And we celebrate you. Man, just take a moment to thank him right now where you are. And worship him for his hand on you in the midst of this broken world. Lord, there's so many of us here wrestling and struggling and hurting. There's so many of us in pain. Hear our cries and our groans, Lord, even in this moment now. Right where you are. to him he's interceding your spirit Holy Spirit taking over thank you for your hope that you give for the help that you promise and the purpose of the struggling Lord, we long for you to have your way and as you're wrestling with whatever it is you can't even put words to it know this he's there with you he's there with you Just take this moment again right here, breathing out, confessing anything that needs to go and handing it to him. My request is this, man, if you're struggling with something, if you're hurting with something, if you need prayer for something, please know we're going to have pastors up front here afterwards. We want to be praying with you, hurting with you, 
walking through this together. But even right here, right now, I'm going to close in prayer in just a second. If you want me praying for you, if the Holy Spirit is groaning for you, just stand where you are and let me pray for you, all right? If you're hurting in this moment and you're like, I'm handing it to you, God, in the pain of this moment, and I'm ready for somebody to pray for me, just go ahead and stand. Who cares what anybody else thinks, man? Just keep your eyes down. Let God have his way in this moment. Spirit's moving in this place right now. Man, is he pressing on you in this moment? Maybe you just need to stand and say, Lord, it's done. I'm handing it over to you. Please intercede, Lord. favor. We got some people standing here and there is things going on in their life. Just turn to those around you. Just put a hand on them. Just get a hold of them. A hand on their shoulder. Let them know you're praying for them. Alright? storm the throne of grace, Lord, and trust in you. We know you have purpose in this broken world, and sometimes it is devastating. Father, we hand it to you now with groans, with cries. Lord, I pray for each person standing in this room. May you so powerfully in this moment be there with them. May you cover them. May you touch them. May you provide for them. May you stir them. May your glory pour over them. Lord, if there is anything that needs to be set aside, make it clear now. Father, we pray for a moment here where you move like never before. And we trust in you and we call upon you. Our God of hope, our God of help, our God of promise and purpose. We worship you, Lord, with all we have. We thank you that no matter what trouble and what trial and what struggle, we've got a God who's there for us like never before. We're in awe. Lord, we celebrate you and worship you. And it's in your mighty, powerful name we pray these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's praise and worship him.